Addressing a common misconception about the pastor's role in the church, here's Pastor Ed Taylor. God has given pastors and teachers to the church for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. You see, a healthy, mature church is volunteer-heavy, not staff-heavy. A volunteer-led ministry as we together serve the Lord. You know, there's something about our minds that we think, well, you know, a pastor must be in a different category. No, no, I'm a believer just like you, exercising a gift just like you. This is amazing grace. We all have our part to play in life and in the church. And what's exciting to discover is that God not only has given us a part, but will gift and equip us for that role. Thanks for joining us today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. As we continue in Romans 15, we'll focus in on verse 14. It's there we're given insight in our role in church ministry. Getting things started with a needed word of encouragement, here's Pastor Ed. Inadequate. A lot of people feel inadequate when it comes to meeting the needs of their friends and family. Inadequate. Somebody comes to you with a situation, it's heavy, it's hard, it's difficult, and your first thought is, oh, I don't think I can handle this. This isn't something I can handle. I'm not going to be able to help them. You know, I might be able to shoot up a quick prayer for them, but me, open the Bible, counsel someone, disciple someone, me? A lot of the feelings surrounding counseling and discipleship or inadequacy feeling unable not me no way I don't know a lot of the Bible I don't know what to say this is a tough situation you know what I'll do I'll shoot up a quick prayer for someone I'll give them a card to the church and they can call someone at the church and maybe a pastor could help them that's what they really need they need a pastor they need a professional I mean this is a heavy situation it's funny because once someone comes and starts to share with one of the pastors, one of the leaders here in counseling, one of the things they automatically do is think, you know, as I'm ministering to you and sharing with you, I'm thinking of sending them back to you for long-term discipleship so you can work one-on-one with them. So you might be in that place where I'm inadequate, I can't help, I need a pastor. I'm at that place where, hey, I'm, I'm a pastor and, and I want to help one another, but I also want to help you step up and use the word of God to help someone else. You don't need to be afraid of biblical counseling or what we call here at Calvary, biblical discipleship. Everyone that is a believer in Jesus Christ can help one another in the word. And that's the essence of our time today. I really want you to know that, yes, you can counsel someone God's way. Even if you have feelings of inadequacy, even if you think you're unable, even if you think the situation is way too big for you, as a believer, you can do it. Now, I wonder if the Romans were feeling this way. I wonder if they were going through a sense of feeling inadequate, not having confidence, because in verse 14, it just jumps off the page in Romans chapter 15. It just, you have to stop and go, what is going on here, Paul? What's on your heart? 
And he says to the Romans then, and by the Holy Spirit to us now, he says, now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you're also full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to admonish one another. You might want to circle that word admonish. We'll get back to it in a moment. But it literally means to warn, to exhort, and to comfort. Another way of saying this is he's saying at the end here, you're also able to counsel one another. And I love that. He first says, I'm confident in you. Because there are times when we just sense this lack of confidence. I don't think Paul wasn't confident, but he needed to remind them of his confidence. Because remember, he's writing some tough things. We've studied the book for a long time. Some of the most deepest, most difficult, most heavy doctrines are found in Romans. And I wonder if at one point they just go like, what is it, Paul, think we don't know the word? Does he not think we understand this kind of thing? He seems to be writing some very difficult things. And Paul says, no, 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 I'm confident in you. My confidence is in you. Not only am I confident in you, but I also recognize that you're full of goodness. And that's not just good people. That word literally reflects a moral character. That they were good, moral people that were connected to the Lord. They were walking in the righteousness of God. And not only that, he says, I also recognize that you're full of knowledge. You know the word. I'm not writing these things to you because you don't know the word. I'm writing these things because you do know the word. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, these are the things that I needed to write to you. And because you're full of moral goodness and because you're full of knowledge and I have confidence in you, Paul says, I want you to realize that you are able to counsel one another. And, you know, I had to think about that for myself and for us as a congregation as I was praying through this. You know, I feel the same way towards you. I'm confident in you, that you know the word, that you're full of moral goodness, that you can minister to one another. I'm confident in you. I trust you that you will serve people with the love of Jesus Christ. I'm confident in you. Not only that, but I know you're full of goodness, that God is doing great things in your life, that you love the Lord Jesus with all your heart, soul, and mind, and you're full of moral goodness. And I also know that you're, well, you're well taught, that you know the word, that the issues in your life isn't a lack of knowledge. It's most often a lack of application. But with those things, I realized that, hey, you know what? You guys are able to counsel one another. You guys are able to take the word of God and open it with one another and take people to Jesus Christ because that's the key of discipleship. That you're taking people to Jesus through his word and the power of his Holy Spirit. And so with the confidence of their pastor and the fruit of the spirit, Paul reminds them that they're able to counsel one another. They're able to serve one another. You know, one of the marks of a healthy, mature church, one of the marks that you're going to see every time is where the members of the body, you and I, believers in Jesus, because of our moral goodness and because of the biblical knowledge God has given us, you see the body serving the body. You see counsel flowing through the church, people pointing each other to Jesus Christ, helping one another. So when you have a need, a fellow believer can take care of it. Your fellow brother, your fellow sister, you go, no, 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 Ed, that's why you're there. You're the pastor. Only pastors can take care of needs. That's not true. According to Ephesians chapter 4, that God has given pastors and teachers, verse 11 and 12, God has given pastors and teachers to the church for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. You see, a healthy, mature church is volunteer heavy, not staff heavy. 
A volunteer-led ministry as we together serve the Lord. You know, there's something about our minds that we think, well, you know, a pastor must be in a different category. No, no, I'm a believer just like you, exercising a gift just like you. Oh, to whom much is given, much is required. Yes, and I realize that there is a stricter judgment for me as a teacher. I realize that I'm accountable to God for what I teach and how I serve and how I love. Yes, but you know, that same accountability can come to you as you're just a fellow believer that serves the Lord and helps one another in the word. It's sad, though, because churches have taken a shift. It's happened for many, many years. And it's really sad for me as a pastor, as a fellow believer, to watch churches build their congregations on three pillars that the Bible never really asked them to build. You'll see churches built upon three pillars, programs, projects, and professionals. And that seems to be the way the church is going today. We'll have a lot of projects and a lot of programs, and we're the professionals. So if you have a problem, make sure you bring it to us because we'll take care of it for you. We're, after all, we're the professionals. And there's that line. You've seen it. I know you have. There's that line that's been drawn. It's artificial and it's not biblical between the professional clergy. You have to change your voice for that one. Professional clergy and the laity. And we'll read the Bible and we'll explain it to you. And you don't need to do anything. You know, a lot of churches are built like that, like a spectator sport, you know where the pastor's supposed to know everything and the pastor's supposed to do everything and the pastor's supposed to solve everything and the church just kind of sits around like spectators watching it all happen. Friends, that is not the biblical model for the church. The biblical model for the church is we all serve the Lord together. We all get to do it together. The body ministry, that's a mature church. Because I'll tell you right now, in your church, the pastor doesn't know everything and the pastor couldn't possibly do everything But together, collectively, the Lord does some crazy stuff, doesn't he? Just some wonderful stuff. It's just neat to watch God work through you. To see God use you. To see God repair things in your life. To see God just descend upon you and change you from the inside out. It's so cool to watch. It's so neat. The church is always about people. It always was and it always will be. God's love for people moved him to send Jesus Christ to die for people, to forgive the sins of people. The church is always about the people, to be done by the people together, to serve. When we're here, it's very important for us as a part of the body to think about what's best for the body first. What honors Jesus Christ and what's best for the church Often it's the opposite. We may have on our minds Jesus Christ, but we ask the question instead, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Well, I hope what you want to do, I hope what you want to do is in line with what God wants you to do, which will be healthy for the body. Because if what you want to do is not what God wants you to do, then it's not going to be healthy for the body. And sometimes church leadership needs to remind us what's best for the body. And we need to be open to that. You see, unfortunately, when a Christian hears about counseling, when you hear that word, the Christian hears about counseling, you immediately think that is for someone else to do. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a discipler. But let me just say this. All of us can open the word of God and help someone. Let's just say somebody does come to you with the heaviest, craziest thing you've ever heard. 
And your first response is, oh man, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I don't know the Bible. I'm inadequate to do this. I don't. Listen, let me tell you what you can do in that situation. You can stop and pray real quick in your mind. Lord, help me on this. You can open your Bible and at the very minimum, you can start reading the Bible with that person. You could say, hey, I don't know how to help you. I don't know exactly what the answer is, but I know a God who does. And he speaks to us through his word. So if you don't mind, I know you were looking for some specifics. I don't really have specifics right now, but I know that if we pray, God will give us the specifics. Let's just read about Jesus. And you open your Bible, you put it on their lap, you read the Bible together. You might pray together asking God for help. But I want you to know you're able. You're able. You're able to take someone to Jesus. You're able. You're able to read the Bible with someone. You're able to pray with someone. You're able. All of us, whether you've been saved for 50 years or one day, God can make you able to share with one another. Believers counseling, believers has been with us from the very beginning of the church. From the very beginning, there wasn't this distinction. The body ministry has always been with us. Would you flip over to 1 Thessalonians? I want to show you a few verses if you're taking notes. I encourage you to take notes. 1 Thessalonians, we're going to look at a couple verses there just to see how body ministry has always been with us. While you're turning, I'll read one to you in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, where it says, Exhort one another daily while it's still called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. There's this expectation from God that we exhort one another, that we encourage one another, that we stir each other up. Notice chapter 4, verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18, we're given a command. It says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. The things that were written, the things that were read, use them to comfort one another. Then notice chapter 5, same book, verse 11. Same thing is said, therefore, comfort one another and edify one another just as you also are doing. He says, exhort one another, the Bible does. Comfort one another. Let me read another one to you. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Pray for one another. Help one another. Comfort one another. I love what Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says. We're told to bear one another's burdens in the Lord. So body ministry has been with us since the beginning of the church. How we're able to help one another. It's not just something professionals do. Let me just say that there are no professionals here at Calvary. We're all believers seeking the Lord. You talk to one of the pastors, to one of the lay leaders, to one of the, those folks that are on the prayer team. We're just all seeking the Lord with you. There is no line between you're the professional, I'm not the professional. No, we're just all seeking the Lord together. Letting him use us. It's all about Jesus anyway. It's not about us or our great counseling skills. It's all about the Lord. What have we done to point someone to the Lord lately? What have we done to comfort one another? What have we done to exhort one another? What have we done to pray for one another? What have we done in the realm of confessing our sins to one another? Hey, look, bro, I've had a bad week. Will you pray for me? It could be as simple as that. How have we lately helped each other carry each other's burdens? Just praying, you know, maybe behind the scenes. You just hear about a difficulty, just pray for a family. Carrying their burdens. Counseling, really, biblical discipleship is really the result of Christian maturity for those in the body of Christ. It flows through the things that have happened to you, the things that are happening to you. Since you're turning, flip over to 2 Corinthians now, a little bit to the left in chapter 1. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1, you know, a lot of counsel, a lot of discipleship that flows through us actually stems from what God has shown us through our own sufferings, through our own trials, through our own difficulties. This is so cool that what you have done and what you have endured and what you have gone through can be turned around for good to help someone else that's going through it now. It's so cool. That your testimony in your life, whether it's your own sin or something happened to you that now God's taking you through it, it turns around, now you can use it with someone else. It's amazing how God will bring people into our lives that have experienced very similar things that we have. And so he says, notice verse 3, chapter 1, 2 Corinthians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. I love that. You can just take that home today. God is going to comfort you, is comforting you in everything you're going through. Notice that, this is the reason, this is one of the outgrowths of his comfort, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I have it circled in my Bible, you might want to, the word any, any trouble. You would be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. So yeah, You know, people come to you and you're able to minister to them because they've gone through something like you've gone through and you're able to minister to them. But I want you to know that what you've learned about the character and the nature of God will enable you to comfort anyone in any trial. You don't have to have experienced it yourself because we do feel inadequate as someone has gone through something and you're like, man, I've never experienced that before. You don't have to because you're going to take them to Jesus anyway, right? See, here's one of the dangers of ministering out of a difficulty that God's comforted you. You know, it's really cool. There's a positive. The positive is there's some relatability. There's some understandability. The danger is, is that because you've gone through something that's similar to someone else, you may begin to lean on your own understanding. Oh, I know how you feel, brother. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Oh, I understand fully what you're going through. Probably not. And the danger is, well, I've gone through this. You know, maybe you're ministering to someone that's gone through, you know, this is the third person you've ministered to, and they've gone through the exact same thing. Now you're kind of feeling like, well, I got this now. I understand how to counsel. I'm just going to give the same cookie-cutter counsel that I always do. Wrong. You see, what that does is it builds a dependence upon you. It builds a dependence that they always come back to you, always come back to you, always come back to you, when you need to build a dependence upon Jesus Christ, where they don't need to come back to you. I know that might hurt you. You're like, whoa, what do you mean I don't need to come? Well, now God's going to free you up to minister to someone else. And you can move them on to the Lord. So now Jesus is going to be ministering to them, and they're going to duplicate the same thing. Well, we're taking people to Jesus. We don't want you to be dependent upon us. We don't want you to be dependent upon man or women in your life. Your dependence is upon the Lord. I've shared this before, but it's so good. You know, I'm pretty good at checking my email. It's a great way to communicate. But on occasion, I can't or I don't, and I don't answer it. So there'll be some email on Monday morning. Oh, Ed, I got to talk to you. Call me, email me. My life is falling apart. But I don't see it till Friday because I didn't check my email on Monday. I've been out of town on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I'm sick. On Thursday, I can't find my computer or whatever, you know. Who took my computer? Email's down or whatever. And so on the front end, there's this anguish. What am I going to do? Ed isn't emailing me. I need some help. Where's the pastoral staff? Ah! But you find out on Tuesday, the Lord answered your email. He took care of it for you. Gave you wisdom, 
gave you understanding. He comforted you. And so on Wednesday, you email me and go, never mind, Ed, don't need you. (laughs) And I say, amen, you don't need me. You need Jesus. That's something if you grasp, it'll be very helpful to you. You don't need me. I'll love to serve you, and I will. I'll serve you until I can't serve anymore. It's not a matter of I don't want. But I'll tell you what, my desire, I think, is from the, I don't want you to need a pastor or someone that you just can't get through without. You have the Lord. He's your all in all. He's your sufficiency. He's there to take you through the tough times. Will he use humans? Oh, yeah. I'm not saying there isn't human. That's the body ministry. But you always cross a line when you're dependent on a human being more than you're dependent upon the Lord. You want to be very, very careful there. We're all called to biblical discipleship. It's not just the church that's conditioned us. It's also this world system. You may have a need. You may even share with someone at work, a good friend at work. They're not a believer, but they're really cool people. And you, you work with them and, and you value their opinion. So you might share such and such and so and so is going on in my life. And their first response is, you can't go to the church for that. That's serious. You need a professional. I mean, you can't, you're going to go to your pastor for that. What's your pastor going to tell you? Read the Bible and pray. And they'll mock the word of God. They'll mock the power of God. They don't understand the power of God yet. With some of the counsel you might get from friends or family, oh, you can't go to the church for that. Do you know that when they did studies on, on a group of people over a period of time that actually went to a psychiatrist for help or wanted to go to a psychiatrist for help, out of that group of people, over 50% sought out clergy first. It's good. And of the other 50%, of the other group that did seek out a psychiatrist, they found that 5% of those people that sought out a psychiatrist, which happens to be a medical doctor with mental health training, 5% of them really needed that psychiatrist. They really needed a medical doctor with mental health training because there was an organic brain function. There was a physiological issue in their life that needed medical attention, about 5% of them. But 75% of the people that sought professional help really just came in with problems of how to live life, issues of life. They just came in like, this is going on. This is, I I just, I can't take it anymore. It's overwhelming issues of life. The other 20% needed further examination and they weren't sure. But think about it. 75% coming, seeking professional help for life's issues. Let me tell you, friend, if there's one thing that the Bible excels in, It's how to live life and how to know God's will for your life. The Bible is powerful. The Bible is wonderful. The world says, oh no, the church could never help you. God could never help you. It's not so. Oh yes, there is time. There are times for sure where a medical professional needs to be involved. For sure. Absolutely. Our bodies are fallen, you know. They're touched and tainted by sin and things happen in our bodies and the organism of our brains and our physiology, that, that, that's not even the realm where I know anything about. And certainly men and women have been trained there and there are times, you know, hopefully it's a Christian doctor that you go to that can not only deal with the physical, but also can deal with the spiritual. That's cool. So there's certainly times for that. But friends, 75% dealing with life's issues, the Bible and the Spirit of God can help you with life. Pastor Ed Taylor on where help can be found. There's still more encouragement to be found from the Scripture on our part in helping those work through the challenges of life. We'll get into that next time on Abounding Grace.
If you'd like to hear this message again, visit our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. You can subscribe to the Abounding Grace podcast there, too, at AboundingGraceRadio.com. We also offer an app, which is another great way to listen to Pastor Ed. Just search for Calvary Aurora. Each month, we pick out a book that we think can really help your walk with the Lord. And here in August, it's The Third Option by Miles McPherson. It's not hard to see that racial tension is high in America today. And maybe you're wondering, is there hope for a racially divided nation? I'm glad to say there is. In the third option, Pastor Miles shares what that is and encourages the reader to rise above the issues that divide us and be part of something bigger. You'll also be challenged to fully embrace God's goodness and power. To get a copy of the third option for a donation of $25 or more, just call us at 877-30-GRACE. That number again is 877-30-GRACE. And we also want to remind you that we are listener-supported. Abounding Grace airs all across the nation on stations like this one. But in order to do this, we look to our listeners to help cover the costs. You can make a secure donation on our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Just click on Donate. Or if you'd rather call, here's the number 877-30-GRACE. Join us next time as we study through Romans with Pastor Ed Taylor and learn of God's abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora.